What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, behaves! Dude, I'm feeling great. This is, what a sneaky week this week is. Because we got oh, no. Sweet 16, but then the WGC, start, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. The WGC just got underway. We're watching Tiger Woods right now. You know, when I checked the tee times and realized, you know, most big golf tournaments, I mean, any golf tournament, start on Thursday. Four days. Well, WGC, you got so many goddamn people playing that I checked the times. I was like, Tiger tee's off today, Wednesday, right about where we're about to record. And then I realized, well, I might as well throw a little juice on it because I went to mybookie.ag and that you could gamble on it. And uh, this is a great event, guy. I mean, awesome. just golf starting on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with Tiger. And, I mean, tomorrow we got WGC, Tiger Woods, and all the March Madness games. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we got a lot to get to, John. So let's, let's uh, I can't wait, annual tradition coming up in mere moments. But let's tell the people, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Ease.com, baby. I got a text from a buddy yesterday, Tuesday. He said, first ham promo in use this weekend. Can't wait. Uh, E-A-Z-E.com. Promo code HAM. Ease is was the he- best delivery platform to get the best legal license, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Be 21 or over. Get verified online in minutes. W- was your buddy getting ready for uh, March Madness or some of the AAF games? <laughs> uh, more likely to be March Madness for sure, but I don't even think it was a sports-related purchase. I think just a hangout. <laughs> I-, I-, I like it. And the great part about Ease is they got everything. They got just regular cannabis. They got vape pens, which I'm a fan of, the Sour Diesel. They have edibles. They have pre-rolls. They have topicals. So when you get, you know, a little crank in your neck like Tiger a couple weeks ago or, you, you know, you got the Todd Gurley arthritis going in your knees at, a, a, you know, an early age injury, you just put a little on it and it would make you feel a lot better. Again, <laughs> ease.com, guy, promo code HAM, H-A-M, $20 off your first purchase, over $50, you get a free delivery. And the great part about Ease is they – I mean, it takes like 15 minutes. They're in front of your house, in front of your apartment, in your condo complex, wherever you are. They come right to you like, you know, any of the food apps. You can watch where they are. 
you know, through the Google Maps. Uh, that's, first of all, incredible. And I'll tell you this. If you didn't take last Thursday off for the tournament, this Thursday, the 28th, might be the day you might be listening to it on this day. This might be the because it's also opening day for baseball. Just a good hangout, chill day. Uh, E-A-Z-E dot com. Promo code HAM, 20 bucks off your first delivery. Tell your friends, tell your friends, tell your friends. Which also makes it a great week for my bookie. <laughs> it is it is a great week guy i i uh first golf gambling of the of the year uh i got wgc i'm, I'm betting on brackets because they're doing incredible they're, this austin country club they're doing it and i just i was listening to the barstool podcast and they were talking about how this year they're doing kind of a round robin like the world cup so you're guaranteed and i bet on tiger i bet on matt kuchar and i bet on patrick reed just to win their uh little pods and obviously, we got the Masters right around the corner. If you want to get in on some of the March Madness odds, uh, my teams are still alive. Did you see P.J. Washington? I think he was the defensive player of the year in the SEC. Has been in a boot slash a cast, mm-hmm. uh, like Doug Peterson rolling around. Ripped it off today on Insta or on on social media. Took a video of him walking. Now he sped it up, so you can't tell if he has a limp or not. But then Coach Cal quoted the tweet. Uh, they play. They don't play till Friday. But games tomorrow, guy, we got Purdue, Tennessee, we got Oregon, Virginia, we got Florida State, Gonzaga, Texas Tech, the guy that you said this big-time coach is going to get a job against John Beeline in Michigan. A lot of games to gamble on, guy. Promo code HAM1, 50% bonus. HAM and the numeral one. HAM and the numeral one. Uh, that's what you got to do. HAM, numeral Re- one. Really quick, just eyeballing yeah. it. Uh, I also think, you know how you said the Texas Tech guy, the, these SEC schools, what Alabama fired their guy, Arkansas fired their coach. They're going to come after this guy. I kind of have the thought, if you're one of them, why don't you just go after Rick Pitino? Like, couldn't you see Alabama hiring Rick Pitino? Why do they give a shit? I don't know. A modicum of decency? Yeah. But but, it, but do you want to win or not? You, you But you don't need Rick Pitino to win basketball games. Like, they might, they're more likely to hire, well, I guess Arkansas is pretty likely to hire Kelvin Sampson, his old ADs there. I don't think, but, like, but you, I'm just saying, you can just throw a bunch of money at a good coach like Chris Beard, and not have to deal with Rick Pitino. True, but Rick Pitino guarantees you winning. Like, you, you Beard, think. in theory, yeah. does. I, I, I think he's proven. I, I don't think it's a you think. I mean, you're going to the tournament with Rick Pitino. Yeah, but, I, yeah. but like, Rick Pitino's the only guy on earth that can coach basketball? Like, I don't think no, you got to go no, there. No, I, I'm not saying that at all, but he is one and, of the And best. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's close to worth it, just to deal with that whole zoo. Yeah, it's a, it's a zoo, but uh, we got some good games tomorrow. Excited to gamble, gamble on golf, and opening day. You know, who doesn't opening love be- playing on baseball? <laughs> futures. <laughs> yeah, futures. Uh, all right, John. It is. Uh, it is. You mentioned the. Uh, you mentioned the Masters. Well, much like the Masters, the annual NFL head coach and GM photos. When it comes to Haberman and Middlecoff. A tradition unlike any other. Did you know, John, this is our sixth annual review of the GM head coach photos from the NFL League meetings? <laughs> I, I did not. That is some good knowledge on, on your part. Do you, you want to start left to right? We're going to start with the coach's photo? Yeah, start with the coach's photo. Is there any rhyme or reason to how you want to go about this, or you just yeah, want to— well, let's start with this. What's the first thing you notice? And let's just—this came out a couple days ago. We both wrote down our thoughts, though. First thing well, you notice, coach's photo. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the first thing everyone always notices, and he's kind of like, if this was the equivalent of the Masters, 
he's the Tiger Woods of this photo, and that would be Coach Reed and yeah. his his shorts and his. I, I he went a little soft, kind of. It looks like a KC Chiefs. They made him like a Tommy Bahama shirt. Right. Is that what it looks like to yep, you? That's exactly what it looks like to me. Uh, and he's just. You know, he's not I, – I, I give Andy a lot of respect on this one. He's not really fighting for leg room here. He's letting actually his former protege, maybe out of respect because he fired him once upon a time, Sean McDermott, kind of spread his legs next to Brian Flores. You know, he's being pretty respectful, but he deserves the front and center. Uh, and, you know, he's just – this photo would not exist without him. Do you agree with that? Like, it's – he brings a large part of enjoyment up to this photo. Right. He's the only guy with legs exposed. I mean, that's one way to put it. And he's just big and he's got the the, the comfortable shirt and And I you mean, could also you could also argue guy like how many people in this photos are his guys? Right? The guy he's sitting next to, the guy over Ron his right Rivera, shoulder, yeah. John Harbaugh, Nagy, uh Doug Peterson, Pat Shermer, like his guys play a big role in this photo. It's true. All right, what what where else do you want to go here? We can go. I, we can go I, think, in a I think we just start left to right and just go left okay. and just move across. All right. Uh, so up front, sitting left, left to right, we got. Uh, is that uh, Doug Marone? Who is huge? He's a, he's a he's a load. Doug Marone makes John Harbaugh look <laughs> five two. He makes John Harbaugh. And John look Harbaugh's jacked. Yeah. John, what would you? I would imagine John Harbaugh's five eleven one ninety. Great shape for a fifty-five-year-old, right? Doug Marone is massive, John. Yeah, he's he's a big boy. <laughs> he's a he's a, he he's a load. Uh, he's a load. Jason Garrett brought his intern with him. Who is that next to him? <laughs> that is one of your uh, McVeigh proteges now now in the league. I think Zach Taylor is his name. Former quarterback. Looks a little out of place. It, it does feel, and I get Jason's an Ivy League guy. You know, hot seat. He doesn't have a contract extension. Maybe trying a little too hard with the with the jacket in this photo. Uh, but may, maybe I don't know if you agree. Maybe that's just Jason. He I is would, kind of. I would say Ivy, Ivy League guy probably tends to go jacket. Right. He's probably Vineyard Vines belt. And, uh, he's definitely. I mean, I'm not. I can't tell, but I'm guessing he's wearing loafers. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. What? What? Really quick. What would you if you were in this photo? What would be your outfit? Uh, I think it would be well. It wouldn't be the Andy Reid. I don't think I could pull that one off. It wouldn't be the. It wouldn't be uh, the Freddie Kitchens. The I'm going to a a a a a tailgate at Ole Miss this Saturday. Look, um, I think it'd probably be you know like maybe the Harbaugh comfortable shoes, but not sneakers. Comfortable pants, collared golf shirt. You know. Uh, I think I'd pro- I'm not going to go Mike Zimmer. Like, this isn't a film day, Mike. Can you? I mean, sweats and a half zip. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would probably go the Naggy slash Kyle. Just the button up. It might be a little big. Uh, just roll the yeah, roll the sleeves up. Untuckit.com. But Naggy's untucked. Kyle is more Cliff. Like Kyle and Cliff are both tucked in. But I also fitted. think when you're fitted. When sure. you have when you have the Kyle body type, like is Kyle fitted or does he just fit perfectly into most shirts? Fitted, that's a fitted shirt. That's absolutely a fitted shirt because he's skinny and it's tight, which means it's fitted. 
I, I just think skinny guys just naturally fit into these shirts pretty well. Like, yeah. look at Kyle. Fit sh- look like, at look Cliff. At, look at look at behind Cliff is Frank Reich. He's uh, he also looks, yeah, he looks fantastic. But that's not a fitted like that is just a medium or a large or an XL or whatever size. But it's not the fitted cut. Like what do, what do you think about I can Vrabel? See Cliff's belly button. What do you think about Vrabel? Vrabel does he have a mustache? He has a mustache. And he's yes. wearing also sneaky, very stylish, a gray belt. He's a badass. Like, so it's it, a good look. Mike Vrabel is a certified badass. I love the stash. He actually pulls it off. Yeah, like, he clearly does. he's kind of fucking around. Slash, like, you can't really make fun of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he clearly, of all the guys in this photo, and several of them played in the NFL, Rivera, Frank, Anthony Lynn. Like, the, the back rows, I mean, Doug, I mean, got some kind of badasses. Like, Ron Rivera looks like he's working at a home goods store. People forget, guy. He played on arguably, I mean, I don't even know if it's arguable, the best defense ever, the Chicago Bears 1985. Like, he was an excellent NFL player. I don't know if he was a full-time starter on that team, but he just looks like, I don't know, if you were 15 years old and you had a friend named James, like, he would be the guy's dad. <laughs> like, that's, like it, 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 Belichick, to me, the thing about Belichick and Rivera and, maybe, and even Marone, but Marone is a little more loose with it. When you do the button-up short sleeve, Belichick's – and you tuck it in, you look like the ultimate nerd. Yeah. Like, Belichick – With white sneakers. At, at Belichick's core, when Cougar Linda is not around, he falls apart dressing. Like, he is not a dresser. Like, he just – when she's around, he, he looks fantastic now, right? He's perfectly tailored. He's got great jackets on. When she is not, and it's just up to him – He's a disaster. Like, of all the people in this photo, he is easily the biggest disaster. Of just like, what is he? Why does he look like a grandpa? And that's kind of who he is. But how about him just being here, right? Like, when everyone thinks he's going to go left, he goes right. Him showing up for the photo after he wins. I. But he's won before and not showed up. I, that's I what I'm saying. You. What do you think it... I'm seeing he's got Patricia... Flores and Bill O'Brien. So he's now got three assistants and and Vrabel is kind of considered his guy. Yeah. Uh do you know that in the Belichick book, when he interviewed Vrabel at the Combine, uh I, I forget Scott Pioli or someone was quoted in the book, was like, you know, he was such a dick to everyone. And he's like, him and Vrabel was like love at first sight. They just had a normal conversation in the 15-minute combine interview. And when Vrabel left, he looks at him and says, I'm not going to be in position to draft you in this draft, but I'm going to get you one day. And then, like when the Steelers cut him in the late, you know, the early 2000s, he signed him. Like that was his. How guy. high was Vrabel like drafted? I, I think I, I don't know. I'd have to. Look. I think a first rounder. Oh wow! Uh, but that Belichick loves him, and maybe he just kind of wants to be around his guys. Slash, like I don't know, rubbing in everyone's face. But yeah, I'm gonna, I, I just won my sixth championship. Well, and it works out that McVeigh didn't show. It's kind of weird. You would think McVeigh would like this. Well, I just think McVeigh figured he's like there's enough guys in this photo that look like me that no one will notice that I'm not there. I think that's what he thought. I back back moving a little left. Yeah. You notice Harbaugh never misses this photo, and I guess when you're probably one of the in better shape guys for the older crew, why would you ever miss it? Because you look good, and your wife goes, "God." Honey, you look fantastic. Well, who's just... who's the tannest white guy in this picture? Uh, basically, who's the opposite of Mike Patricia? Well, Kyle looks pretty pale. 
Not as I mean, uh, O'Brien looks. It might payable. be Har- Harbaugh. Might be the uh, Vrabel. Har- Vrabel or Harbaugh, maybe. Yeah, they they both look fantastic. You, you do you know what do you know what Zimmer looks like? What he, he looks like he's like the guy uh, going to get his gun sighted because tomorrow he's going on a big deer hunt, and you know he just sh- like tomorrow's his day when he's going to put on all his camo. But today, at, like after work, gets to the gun shop at like four to five in that time window, and he walks in there with his case and he drops it off for his guy just to sight it really quick before he's going on his big hunt tomorrow with his buddies. <laughs> Yes. Like, he's not going somewhere today, but he's preparing. He's just packed. He's going somewhere tomorrow. He's if you off to- work for sure today on a weekday. If you told me that Dan Quinn, during his 20s, was a wrestler in, like, a minor league wrestling, not the WWE, but just, like, a lower level and always dreamed of getting one day, being with, like, Hulk and the Andre the Giant, but he was just never quite good enough, I, I could have seen that, too. Yeah, yeah. He looks actually WWE to me. What do you think of – what do you think of Freddie? Let's talk about Freddie Kitchens. Well, Hat, shirt untucked. I think Freddie might it, have it, a cocktail in his hand that we can't see. Well, Freddie went from basically like it'd be like the equivalent of you. This year, you know, you called. He actually probably made a bigger no, but I mean, he was a position coach in the NFL, so he was pretty big time. He made. You know, a, you, I don't even know what he, you're about he, to say. Okay, he, you called like Fox Sports One and uh, football, college football, and college basketball. That's a pretty big deal for any person in your field. What if I told you by – in like a month, you were going to be sitting next to Jim, Jim Nance at the Masters? And, and I just didn't have enough out. time to upgrade my wardrobe. But it was – it moved to get so a haircut. fast. You went, you went from zero to 60. Like his jump, he was a position coach. That, no, okay, Jim Nance at the Masters and then by the uh, – you know, by mid-July, you're calling the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> you know, just like he, he went boom, 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 boom. Right. And it was just – he just – you know, he's a football coach at heart, so he's just so into working that he doesn't have time to get a tailor. He's probably put on a few LBs since he's become the head coach, stress. Here's my question. If you had never heard Freddie Kitchens talk and saw this photo, do you think you would assume that he talks actually the way he really, truly does? 100%. I would envision, I watched some of him yesterday, he would talk exactly like he talks. The one thing I'll respect about Freddie, because when you hear him talk, you're like, eh, I don't know if he's the sharpest tool in the shed, but he was a starting quarterback at Alabama. So there are, I think he's more of an instincts guy than someone that's going to crush it on like a standardized test. Like Freddie Kitchen's not a standardized test guy. But you put him in a room with some people, people are going to leave that room and be like, I like that Freddie guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think Freddie is someone that that's my type guy, you know. And then moving right to his right, as long as he is a head coach, let's say he's a head coach for the next 10 years, I would bet my life that Frank, you know, when they gathered for this photo, was the first person out on the grass. Just standing. Just, you know, he's like a Coughlin, but a, well, you know, backup quarterback. He's He's detailed. But he's not like a stick in the mud. He's a little looser. Mm-hmm. I would, I, if you had to go over under, or just if you had to bet on a guy who was the first person out here on the grass, my bet would be Frank Reich. I think it's a good bet. I, I, I don't really have a great case for anybody else. Uh, Cliff to me looks like Cliff is dressed like it's his first day, and he knows that some of the other guys might not think he belongs. But he's also not the guy. Cliff wouldn't be last, but he would intentionally not be first. 
right? Cliff doesn't want to look like he's trying too hard, so he would not show up first, even though he wanted to show up first. He would show up, like, 16th. But, yeah, because he'd be kind of a slap if he showed up last, right? Right. Because, like, but, but he like also, Andy and Harbaugh and Belichick would be like, what's yeah, this guy doing? Can't show up last, but you agree he also knows that he, he doesn't want to be perceived as the guy that showed up first. Yeah, he well, he just never showed up for when you're that good looking. You 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 just out of principle. His pants look uncomfortably tight, but he's skinny, so they're probably comfortable. Because I would bet a large sum of money that Andy, Doug, and Nagy walked out to this thing together. Like like Andy said a text, "Hey, I'll meet you guys in the lobby at X time." And both those two guys were waiting for him, and then they all came. Those three came out together, just probably like. Gruden and Jay did too. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that Gruden and Jay, who are dressed pretty close to being the same, <laughs> I saw Big the, Cat. The, the only difference our, is the color of their pants. Big Cat did an article on just the breakdown of this, and I didn't notice this till he wrote it. He said the underrated part of this photo is the Bronco Raider rivalry. Look at the fight for leg space between Vic and John. Look at Fangio's trying to creep, but Gruden's kind of. See, being I feel a... like Fangio's knees are more bent. Like I think I, to me, they look like they're further back, like his foot. Why does Jay kind of look constipated? Jay looks like he hired Will Muschamp to be in this photo for him. <laughs> like that's not Jay; that's Will Muschamp, John. Does if you had to guess on all these guys, because not all of them are happy. On the, on the scale of 1 to 10, of who is the least happy with his situation, his team, his management, would Jay be the number one betting favorite? Yeah, I think he'd have to be. Although, yeah, yeah, just looking through it. Um, I got to think Pat Shermer's is just weird. Uh, but you think Jay- Pat's tr- Pat, Pat pretty on brand, trying a little too hard there? So Pat doesn't, in this, when you look at this photo, what helps is that Pat is a little out like the spacing is not even between Pat and Doug Peterson. Well, you know why? Because Doug has a scooter, right? And Doug's left hand is that what it's it's on the the scooter handle? Yeah, he um, is not. <laughs> because of the hair, it's a little long, and he's got the point, and he's got the coat. Truly, if you just glance at this photo without really taking any of it in, I think you would just assume that Shermer is the principal or like the teacher. He looks the way he's dressed, the fact that he's on the end, the fact that his hair looks a little curly and long. He looks like the teacher in this class photo. He Or like, if you just told me he was the commissioner and everyone else was like an executive, I'd believe that on Pat Shermer. What, what if I told you that Pat Shermer, uh, in a city like uh, like Sacramento, California, had an accounting firm? Right, yep. Like, he just runs Absolutely. an accounting firm. No, like, he, you see he's wearing kind of like greenish pants, it looks like, maybe tan, yeah, maybe olive. grayish. It might be an olive. Um, uh, what, what, do you, what do you think about LaFleur right next to Jay? Yeah, just happy. Just maybe maybe the happiest guy there. Just happy to be a part of it all. Like Cliff looks a little uncomfortable to me. Zach Taylor, the sun's in his eyes. Uh, uh, wait, who'd you say? What's his name? I'm talking uh, Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur, yeah. Matt Lafleur just looks. He just looks happy, John. He looks comfortable and happy. Um, he, you know, an underrated kind of happy guy in this photo, huh? Vic Fangio. Well, him. But Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien looks happy. You're right. And he's wearing like, he's those like, I, I got a good squad. We're not going anywhere. I'm just pretty happy. He's I think wearing I'm wearing those, uh, those like Sanook shoes that everyone on the flight to like Maui wears. Um, 
Maybe yeah, like I, I'm, I'm confident enough that I'm not the best of this group, but I'm better than most of them. So three guys, we got three other things here. One, I think Vic Fangio looks like Trey Wingo's dad in this photo. I like that. I can see that. Two, Doug Peterson looks like he's posing for a painting of the moment that everybody signed the Declaration of Independence. I can see <laughs> I that. Mean, with his hair and the ch- and the pose and the hand. He's sitting like his hand is on the chair behind Thomas Jefferson. And three... Can we talk about Matt Patricia? Did I call him Mike earlier? I might have called him Mike. Sorry, okay. Sorry, let's, Matt. Let's fire right in. Black undershirt? <laughs> is that a black what? undershirt or is that is that a uh, kind of a shadow? That looks to me pretty clearly like a black undershirt, crew neck undershirt under a gray. I, 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 think when, I think when you're that chubby, you don't quite know what to do. I, I mean, I think his fashion makes Belichick look like uh, Cliff Kingsbury. He is the worst-dressed guy. I, Having seen him in person two years ago at the Combine, he's probably 5'8", but he's also probably three bills. So it's just a weird fit for clothes. Like When I saw him at the Combine, he had a button-up shirt probably like he had on, but he's buying triple X's, so it is hanging down to his knees. It's just he's his body type guy is not made for clothes. Like even Freddie, like Freddie kind of looks like he's swimming in the triple X, but Freddie's still what six three maybe. So he's just he doesn't look that terrible, right? He just kind of looks like Patricia just looks awful. I mean terrible. Well, he, he, yeah, the the pale doesn't the pale with the with the you know black hair, pale skin, beard. Um, you yeah, know, I, mean, I don't want to get. What do you think? Flores, but the black undershirt is the really. I don't think he had a there. great. Flores had a great feel for like, do I go loose casual? Right. Do I throw on a jacket? He went in some jeans. Like he could go to the club after. Is that a but full he, button up or I can't? Or is that a polo? I think it's a full button up. Yeah, it's hard. It's kind of hard to tell. I, I just think he didn't quite know what to go with. Okay. Yeah. Freddie Kitchens, though, how many guys have worn hats that low during during the? Um, anything else on the coaches before we get to the GMs? Uh, I just, I can't, Bill, Bill fucking, Bill looks fantastic. All right. First, get to the, so get I to haven't the even looked at the GM's photo till two minutes ago. My first gut reaction, John, there are four, Dan, there are four people that could be Daniel Jeremiah in this photo. Um, how many guys can you name without even thinking okay, in this I'll, photo? I'll, Left Let right. me uh, – I'm trying to pull it up right now. Okay. I got Veach. Okay, that's your boy Veach is on the end. GM's all – it's a more professional. Although, I got to tell you, Mayock, Mayock looks like he's got a, a, a stopwatch in his back pocket. I love Mayock's look in this photo. Mayock's here to grind. No part of Mike thinks he doesn't belong there, nor is he trying to impress anybody. I respect that for a first-time GM. Uh, also, another thing, as you're pulling it up, that you'll notice, shouldn't surprise anybody, but Elway, sneaky taller than everybody else in the photo. Um, although, actually, Ryan Pace is right up there. Ryan Pace has quite a difference between the black hair on top, the white hair on the side. I have no idea who was on Ryan Pace's left to the right of the photo. Um, uh, you the photo up? I know who that is, but his name is escaping me. Uh, how, how he still got the I won a fucking Super Bowl grin from two years ago. <laughs> uh, Kevin Colbert's like, thank God I got rid of Wait, those two where's, guys. where's Colbert? 
He's third, two third over, from the left. He, he's right next to Daniel Jeremiah after Veach. <laughs> yeah, who is that? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, we got Veach. This just Veach is always stressed out. He uh, yeah. actually looks pretty good. You're this, right. This is a this is a much more like the owner's going to talk to me way more than he's going to bother the coach at this event. So I got to look professional. Okay, who's the guy next to Colbert on to, to the right of the photo? Colbert's left. Who's that? I, I got no clue. I mean, absolutely. Oh, do you know who that's Marty Herney? Okay, who's next to Marty Herney? That is David Caldwell of the Jags. Okay, who's next to him? I I couldn't even begin to tell you. Okay, and then the next guy looks like J.P. Riccardi, the former GM yeah, of the Braves. Th- that's that's Tom Telesco of the Chargers. So Telesco and the other guy, who'd you just say? Uh, 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 David Caldwell. Yeah. They've got the same shoes on, and they're sitting almost right next to each other. You see that? Well, th- those two guys worked together with – they were Bill Polian's right-hand men back in the Colts days. Like, those two guys were the up-and-comers for Polian back, all those those Peyton Manning squads. You know who's so th- feeling good in this photo is Ballard. Ballard looks the most relaxed to me. Well, to me, he went with a very coach's outfit. Like, we're in Arizona. I'm in Indy. It's freezing cold. I'm going to bust out my Lululemon polo that my wife got me that I never get to watch – Right next to my buddy, John Schneider, that's just always in a good mood. Like, John Schneider has the look. What fucking time are we cracking some beers? And Elway's like, you idiot, I've already had three. <laughs> and Dorsey, super serious. Lynch, a little looser. Eh. Uh, a little stiff. Uh, I mean, hey, Steve. Steve just looks like he's a little bloated. But, John, I will say this as you're going through these guys. The gradient color, these guys are way tanner than the coaches well that they got here's the thing guy they got a lot more time on their hands uh for the six months during the season i mean the majority of these guys ain't burning the midnight oil they're, they're going home i know my buddy with uh with the bears tells me and again all these guys are doing it like ryan pace is a big biker like lance armstrong style that's why he's in great shape like he's a big workout guy takes his kid to work every day or i mean to school every day at like eight these, these guys when you read the Belichick hour stories and Andy's all these guys that work crazy hours, these guys don't make as much, but their, their lives are a little better. John Robinson, my guy here in the middle, right next to Telesco, he's he's an old school Air Force Academy. I think he went to school. Belichick, born and raised in that program, pretty serious cat. Well, there's like, a I line. Oh, he's God. not really a BSer. No, big big burrowed frow, uh, furrowed brow. He's um, good. I mean, I I think he's one of the better in this group. Like he's just solid, but he's not like how we BS you. Ballard will BS you. Elway's fucking you, would take everyone out to drinks right now. Jason Light. Do you think? Who the, I just do you think Dimitrov was backstage at Garth Brooks this night after this photo? Where did yeah, he go? Wine I'll bar. Say, I'll say this for Thomas. He has stayed on brand his whole career. Would you give him that? Oh yeah. Like he's been consistent with this. Like this is him. Who do you think uh, was first to this photo? Because I think it might have been Howie. Just because Howie wanted to say hi to every single person when they walked up. Yeah, I, I could see Gettleman. <laughs> uh, from what I've heard, I would put Ryan Pace in the mix. Like, he's pretty nuts and bolts, not fucking around. How about Mayock? Uh, Yeah, I could see him like, uh, who would you say Mayock's friend would be in this? I, I could see like him texting Howie, because like, he, he used to come through... Back before film was really accessible, when you had to kind of go to a facility to watch it, he lived right next to Philly. We used to always have him in, and he used to watch. Like I, He's tight with Howie. So I, I, I could see him like walking out with Howie. Um, 
Who looks like Mayock would? Who would Mayock just walk right up to in this photo? Uh, he's gonna like old school. Like Colbert, him and Kevin Colbert. I feel like. Like, don't you think Mayock likes uh, Gettleman? Like, I just think they would talk football players. Yeah, I, I think Mayock just likes. I mean, he he's been talking to these guys like Les Snead, just talking football. McCagnan, I can see Mayock being friends with McCagnan. So three guys wearing pink in this photo. Dorsey, Kime, and uh, Gettleman. God, Howie is so happy. I can't get over how happy he is. Well, it's like he he's now considered, I mean, if not the best, one of the best of the bunch. So Who is that next? Who is that in the back row, third from the right? McCagnan and then whoever that is. Who is that? Why does that guy look familiar? Uh, he looks damn familiar. I, uh, does he wear glasses? That's Normally. not Colbert. No. Uh, it's Rick Spielman. Oh, no. Yeah, it's okay. It goes McCagnan. Yeah. Spielman. It's like, you know, I don't love. We got these next two years guaranteed to Kirk, but we did it. He's wearing purple. He understands and what then Ziggy you, you know who it is. It's like, should I trade Anthony Davis or should I not trade Anthony Davis? Mickey Loomis. Oh. That's, so, so Ryan Pace, it makes sense now. Ryan Mickey. Pace was hired from the Saints, so he's a Mickey Loomis guy. Mickey with the button-up shirt and the white crew neck undershirt. Mickey Loomis is sitting here thinking, I run one of the best teams in the league while I also run a basketball team that, yeah, we're struggling a little bit last year, but we won a series. Here's years. the other thing. Sneaky Les Sneed, you can tell by his collar, he only brought this. He put the, he put the coat on before the photo, and he's taking that coat off as soon as this photo is done. I agree. I, I would not wear probably a coat in this photo. It's trying a little hard. I love it. Uh, well, I, 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 you say how he's the happiest guy. I agree he's up there. But yeah. to me, Schneider is just – he lives for just events. So, like, you you just, oh, we're going to Arizona this week? Oh, sweet. What time? You know? I, mean, I, can't, I can see Schneider walking around like, what do you guys want? You guys, you know, third for your guy? Just, like, just openly like, like, what would it take to get a, a Steve? Or Patrick Peter, what, what would it take? Just, like, openly everyone's like, you know, so cloak and dagger, no one talks. That's the thing so, about how. Like, he's smiling. He's not openly talking about shit. Like, so Schneider's like, like, what do you guys want? So this photo, let's say this was the 10th take of this photo. Who made who made some, like, passive-aggressive comment as soon as this was done that everyone laughed at? Might have been Mayock. Well, who would you say the alpha is in this group, John? John who? Elway. Oh. Well, I think there's several. I mean, he's not the one to me. Is he the one making a comment? Like, who says, if Schneider says, to the bar! <laughs> after this photo who says something like and that's 12 we got enough takes of this i feel like mayock says we got this one yet mayock yeah i could see, i i could see him loosen up for sure yeah he's probably the guy like kind of giving the photographer a little shit yeah uh, Colbert, any more angles uh, kevin colbert seems pretty uh buttoned down like i want to get the fuck out of here v, i i feel like veach doesn't quite he just kind of just be stays quiet does not say a word like, yep. no it's just, just not his place Who's the youngest guy in this photo? Is it Veach? Who's like 38, 39? I mean, Howie's now like 45. Who does Veach looks like somebody, too? You know what's crazy is I, I got hired by Howie in 2010, and he was the youngest GM in the league. I think it was like 39. It was maybe 38. Like, it's 10 years. You know, he's actually a little older than you think. Hmm. Maybe he was 36 at the time. That was a while ago. I don't know if there's a GM in this photo that's in his 30s. Is there? You said Veach is is in his forties. Yeah, I think Veach is like forty or thirty. And the guy next to Veach, he's in his forties. 
I, I, guy, I don't even know who that is. Do you? Uh, I feel like in years past we've had to pull up. By the way, if you're listening to this without the photo, <laughs> by now I hope you've pulled up the photo or just hit fast forward 36 times. Who's more likely to get carded, Veach or John Schneider? Veach, because Schneider's got a beard. That's true, but kids grow beards now. Yeah. Telesco might be on that list. Telesco looks fantastic. I mean, they moved to LA. He's got a good squad. You know, he's got his. He just signed his third contract. I was reading like a week ago. He's had three. He's signed an original contract, and then since then, he's had two contract extensions. That's pretty good for GM. Yeah. Roseman, though, just so happy. You're right. It's just. <laughs> Remember when I got exiled? And I know half of you guys were making fun of me. I'm back. Super Bowl ring. Is he wearing a Super Bowl ring? Do you wear your Super Bowl ring in this thing or no? Uh, nah, yeah. It's like everyone that like everyone there knows. Like this isn't yeah. a, a, a like you're not yeah. speaking to a company where it's like everyone yeah. wants to everyone wants to see it. You're not you're not going to your kids thing where people want to exactly. It honestly it's, it'd be kind of a cheese ball move to wear your ring there. Yeah, no. no I'd say the impressed. one guy that could pull it off would be Bill. Like, yeah, I'm wearing my ring. I got a million of them. He oh, yeah, I went to bed with this on last night. I forgot I had it on. Yeah. All that's, right. That's 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 a good six the sixth annual Haberman and Middlecoff League Meeting Photo Analysis. Send us what we missed. Uh by the way, Jeff Howe, does he cover the Pats? Yeah. He had the tweet that said the Bill did uh he had the full breakdown of Bill's standing forty four minute at the table press conference, 116 questions, 2.7 questions per minute. That's a lot. Bill said, quote unquote, we'll see 21 times. And I don't know, 13 times. Um, he averaged 15.4 words per response. So there's a breakdown of his press conference. Um, anything more on Bill? That's probably it. Okay. Where you want, you want to talk about Antonio? Talk about whatever you want. Well, I want to talk about Antonio because you mentioned Antonio to me. So I go to Fallon Smith's Instagram or Twitter, and Antonio is where? Do you know where this is? He's working uh, out with I, Bill Romanowski. I, 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 w- I would guess Florida. Let's just take a listen. Lonely Park with my uncle Bill. It's called Never Give Up. It's called Keep Working. No matter what people say, it's about what you do. And life is all about your actions. Everyone got words. Everyone got this. It's about our actions. And right now, my actions tell me I'm out here at a field. It's me and my uncle. We're here getting better. Working on top speed. I still one of the fastest in the game. I told my uncle today if I don't run a 4-3, I'll give him $2,000. He was like, you don't want it. I was like, yeah, you got to take it. Someone got to challenge me. I haven't been challenged yet. So I'm looking for a challenge. If you want to challenge me, come through. You think you can cover me? Come cover me. Bring all cover covers. Covers, sheets, towels, deodorant. I need everything that's covering me. Who want to cover me? Tell every DB from the Raiders, I need them to cover me like blankets. We're we, we going to work to go to the Super Bowl. We're not even paying. Ziggy, what's up, boy? Ziggy Hayden, that's my boy. Hey, I love you guys. I ain't gonna talk too much. Say what's up. And then it goes for another minute. You want me to keep going? No, that's, that's pretty good. 
Romanowski. At first, I thought he's like Ziggy, my boy. I thought he'd be like, oh, Ziggy Anta. And then he's like, no, just his probably his boy. I thought it was like a Ziggy Wolf didn't want me. Yeah. Romanowski's face is my favorite. Again, go to Fallon Smith's uh, Twitter and you can find it. But Underrated thing of just Antonio looking at Romo, and we've been saying this forever. Whatever Romo eats, the vitamins he uses, the whatever he uses is incredible. I mean, guy for a guy that played, never missed a snap in 16 games, middle linebacker, just he, he glows. I mean, he, he looks fucking fantastic. I would die for just that glow. Nutrition, nutrition 53, John. How old is Bill? 55? I mean, he looks he looks incredible. He 50, looks. He'll be uh, 53 in April. Yeah. You did agree? We, did we get to the part where he's calling him a Hall of Famer? No, you cut it off. Romo, not a Hall of Famer, but he's held in high regard in the NFL circles, right? Uncle Bill. You better follow Uncle Bill. The podcast is coming with Uncle Bill. Stay tuned. Hall of Famer. Did I tell you he never missed a game? Did I tell you he's a Hall of Famer? I'm not going to say too much. You don't like when I start boasting and bragging. But I'm- how, do these guys, how do they know each other? Uh, probably through Gruden. I, the, the one thing that Bill did not do when he made the claim that he was a Hall of Famer, it's not like he said no. He just let him keep running with it. Well, where do you think Antonio found out that Bill never missed a game? How do you think he found out that? Did he go to football reference? I bet Gruden told or him. Or did Bill tell him. him? Yeah, or yeah. Gruden told him. Gru- yeah, I bet Gruden, Gruden told him. Because Gruden, he is a Gruden guy. Bill, you know, played on that team. So I, 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 I'll say this about Antonio. Whatever happened in, in Pittsburgh, this last couple months, he is he makes me smile whenever I click on his shit. He just, he's in a good place right now. And he also reminded me a little bit on a serious note. Mm. When I was at Fox Sports 1, I was just kind of, I mean, floating, hanging out, just kind of bugging people. Katino Mobley was there going yeah. on the Whitlock show. Yeah. And I just, and he, you know, he was just, he just had takes ready and he was just ready to talk about hoops. And he was talking about, and I'm just peppering him with questions. Just whoosh, and he's just giving me takes. And like the crazy thing is, once you get so good in the NBA, you know, he's talking more like all-star level guys. You have to start making up things to get you know fired up about. So he's like, you would just be playing Jordan, and he'd be like, "What the fuck, man?" And Catino's like, "I didn't say anything." He's like, "What the fuck do you say?" And he's like, "Kobe, all the good players would just throw something out of left field and get you to react. Like, what are you talking about?" What you, what you, and they get mad at you for questioning them. And he's like, it's really just a mental game because after a while, like, what do you do to keep your iron sharp? How do you sharp iron sharpens iron? Well, once you get to a level, like Antonio, he know no one of the Raiders can cover him, but he has to start manipulating his mind. Like, right. these guys are going to try to fuck me up. Well, I so love he that he, to, his bet, John, his bet with Romo was, I will pay you $2,000 if I run a 4 3. That's well, guy, and, and you know the knock on Antonio? Not really a knock. I think he ran like at the combine a four four eight. He's not really a fast guy. He is not a long speed guy. Remember the Raider play? He got caught. Like he's not. He's not a blazer. That's what what makes him so remarkable. He's really more of a technician. But I, you can tell like he is elite at the shit that all the good, all the players will tell you you kind of need to be great at. Like you kind of got to be fucked up in your mind. That's what Katino was saying. Like you gotta. Like Draymond, just start talking shit to like get, stay fired up. Larry Bird, like they, they're just—they know you're not going to talk shit, so they got to talk shit to you 
to get you. No, they gotta they gotta pretend that you talk shit to them even right. when you didn't, just to get you to respond, so then they can respond. They, they need to bait you into helping them motivate themselves. Yeah, and I think that's where Antonio's kind of at in his career to like just stay motivated in the offseason. Because what's he shooting for? Like he's had six straight years of 100 catches, 100,000 yards, and eight touchdowns. You know, or averaging 11 touchdowns. So I. I do think it's kind of fascinating. Everyone's kind of laughing about it all, but he is. I get why Gruden. Li- I mean, everyone again. No one disputes how good this motherfucker is. Well, at right? the end of the day, he's still out in a field with Bill Romanowski. But the one thing I think we lose sometimes, like no one in the league argued that he wasn't an elite player, right? Like an elite player, elite worker. He shows up ready to roll. Now his flaws are more that. He can get mad at random shit quick. <laughs> like, you're not throwing me the ball. Because he has... Do you know an underrated thing? I saw someone tweet, maybe like last week. He's had some kind of famous tantrums, like Odell on the sideline. Right. Well... could you argue a lot of great receivers have over the years? You know what I wonder? Like, has Gruden told Romo... Like Bill, I kind of, I kind of want you, I kind of want you to not. I don't want to say take Antonio under your wing. Like Antonio's not at that point. Like Antonio's not that. Yeah, guy. would it shock you if, if the Raiders flew Bill out with him? Yeah, but just like Bill, we like you, like you just know how to like. Let's just get you and Antonio on the same page, and you can kind of be our Antonio guy. What if know? Gruden's like? I think he's actually kind of crazy. Like he reminds me of you a little bit. Like yeah. you just kind of mentally get him in the right place. Yeah, I to me, I wouldn't be surprised if there was just something there. Like Bill is the, his job is going to be if something weird does happen, it's going to be Bill that's there talking to Antonio. I, I, I like that guy. I didn't think about that like that, but that makes one hundred percent because they, the Raiders. I would imagine if you got true serum to John Gruden, and we'll get into what his comments really mean. What what are you nervous about, Antonio? The one thing would just be kind of like where his head's at at all places. We're not nervous about whether he'll be in shape, whether he'll know the playbook whether he'll work hard at practice, like none of that shit. We doesn't, we don't even, if he's good enough, we don't think about any of that bullshit. It's like, is he mentally, that's kind of what it looked like. Bill was out there just, just keeping him mentally, like in the, in a good place. Cause you can tell like he's already Antonio's. If you told Antonio that there was an OTA practice tomorrow, he, he'd be, he'd be fucking chomping at the bitch show up. Right. He's ready to roll. He's ready if you told to roll. Antonio, there was a game Sunday of all the guys in the NFL said, who is ready to play this Sunday? He would respond to your text message so goddamn fast. I'm in, right? He he's, wants to play right. He's now. trying to get Raider DBs to come cover him with a blanket or deodorant. So, I, yeah, I, I my argument with the whole thing was I think he's properly paid. I got no problem paying Antonio Brown twenty million. I got no problem Antonio Brown being my number one wide receiver. He's proven he's one of the elite guys in the league. It's just what happens when Derek, who can throw some of not just picks. He has consistently thrown some of the worst picks we've seen, even last year, in the NFL. Like, when that shit happens, that's when Antonio is flipped. Now, one of the things that felt like he was getting mad at Ben was, because Ben would blame him. Like, Derek's not going to do that. Right. But he's still going to get mad because the ball doesn't get to him. And can Derek consistently get him the ball? Consistently get him the ball? That's That'd be my one question. I And I don't feel great thinking, like, if you say right now, is Antonio going to maintain his averages? And he's at my average, I think I did it a couple weeks er, for the athletic article. It was like 111 catches, 1,311 touchdowns. Like, does he do that this season? You would bet no, right? Yeah. 
So will he be happy? I mean, I don't know. Like he, he had big numbers last year and he wasn't happy. So it's not like there is a little more to it than just the numbers, right? Not even big numbers, guy. He had 15 fucking touchdowns in 15 games. Let's forget, not forget he wasn't. He did not play week 17. Third highest targets of his career. So I do think there's a little give back. Like, hey, I'll be happy. It's not just about as the ball being thrown my way. I, but I also think simply they care about catches and yards. But if I told you you had 15 touchdowns, which is – Remember, we went through it a while ago. It's like a historic number in the NFL. Like that's it's not like seven, eight touchdowns, fifteen touchdowns. Right. That's insane. You would think and that he, would make you happy. He hated it. Life. Fifteen touchdowns, guy. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk I about. I got John one Gruden. for you. Does he huh. have fifteen touchdowns in his Raider career? Yes. But you say you don't feel confident saying it, but well, you, he, I, I'd lean yes to. The question is, will he be on the team in three years, right? Like, if he's on the team in three years, then it's a no-brainer that he's got 15. Because he, even if he had a down year, seven and eight would be 15. Yeah. Like, back-to-back years. Yeah, well, that's two. Now you're saying it. So you think it's a guarantee. But I, that's what I'm saying. So he'd have two years, and then by the third year, he'd be done. So he's on the team for two years. You think it's a guarantee he gets 15? Yeah, because if he doesn't no, have 15 no. over two well, years. My, my point is that it's still like he, seven and eight are not terrible years. Right. So do you I, think I, it's I, a guarantee that he has 15 if he's on the team for two years? No, I don't. Because look at Crabtree and look at Amari. Right. Um, all right, let's talk now, about and I'm not, Gruden. And like, he's, not, he's better than those guys. I know. That's not, that's not my point. Who's a bigger hater? Mayock or Haberman? <laughs> great that was a fantastic tweet i enjoyed it i enjoyed all the replies uh the uh what mayock just saying we suck yeah mayock saying we're the what do you say we're the worst team in the division basically worst team in the division one playoff 16 years he just again just facts but that wasn't emotional or anything yeah uh john gruden said a couple things he got attention one that he cried for three days after the khalil mack i uh trade i've not seen the video of this there's no way he was even partly serious. I can almost picture him saying it with a big smile on his face, right? Also, I've not seen the video, so yes. I, I, I looked for up. it. Uh, if it exists, somebody sent it to us. Now, the one that to me matters is like Jared Cook, because Jared Cook just got signed, and uh, Gruden said that it was sickening that they lost him. I, like To me, you can say that if you lose him on the first, like a 12-01 or whatever time free agency starts now, and you just get whatever, somehow... Something happens. You really wanted him, and you let him get to somebody else's building. You know what I mean? Like he just visits somebody else first, and they don't let him leave, and they sign him. Now, you could say that then, but how long has Jared Cook been a free agent, John? Well, what's the date? Free agency started like the thirteenth. I mean, where the he and, just signed yesterday. And explain the rules to me. But he's on your team, so you don't have to wait for him to be a free agent to sign him. One thing I noticed that, like in February and January, teams signed some of the guys they wanted to keep. Like, they worked out a deal that made both happy. I really don't understand that comment. My, my, my issue, again, I, I'm with you. I did not see Gruden. There is no video that I was able to find of him saying that. I'll just – he he's not a tongue-in-cheek guy, really. Like, he just blatantly is kind of over the top on the lies. But whatever. I'm not going to rehash the Mac thing, The even though it was stupid to even say that. But that's John. To me, the, how disingenuous the Cook thing is is beyond stupid because he said during the – during the season, this guy's a free agent, but we want him back. Well, John, you could have fucking signed him. 
He got $8 million guaranteed. You could have easily given him 10, 12, and just made sure you had him on the team. One thing's clear, guy. They didn't want him back. They did not want him back, which is fine. But to say that it's sickening and you're distraught and all, he's like, shut up. Why, why are you? I watch the majority of these coaches talk. They, it's the NFL, right? You make tough decisions on players. You could argue, is is he worth eight? Well, clearly you knew his market was going to be somewhere like that because last year, guy, he made $5.6 million. When you round up, it was like 5.7. Well, he had 66 catches and six touch or 68 catches and six touchdowns. You go, well, you're not taking a discount off that, especially with the cap rising. He's probably a seven to $8 million player. So they knew. They probably didn't think he was worth it. So just say, you know, we're going a different direction. We loved him here. But you're just lying. You know, another thing he said is like, I was in there pounding the table with Gunther for Burfitt. Pounding the table so who could see it? Yourself? What the fuck are you talking about? Again, I'm not I'm not saying that he needs to act like uh, Bill, who is just beyond over the top. But I'll say one thing for Bill. Like, he doesn't say over the top shit because it's, cause it comes back to bite you in the ass. Like if Jared Cook says, well, they never even called me. Like you're, you're just lying, John, about yeah, something that's – you're not, Inoc- what, it doesn't matter. What's the what's the game? I, I don't know. It just it's kind of stu- I think it's stupid, guy. I mean, I, I I think I think he acts too often like this used car salesman caricature of himself. It's unnecessary. Like I, I watched Mayock talk the other day. He just talks like a normal football guy talks. Like, hey, you know, we're doing these private workouts, kind of because you know we were saying like, why are they doing private workouts? And his response was, "This is the draft. We do private workouts. We're drafting high." We, We'd be stupid not to. It's like, I, okay, he just answered it like a normal general manager would. It's not like, you know, we we love Derek, but we love he didn't say any of these outrageous things. He just talked. And Gruden talks and he consistently gets himself in trouble, like last year. We're rebuilding. Well, no, we're not. We didn't we never had a plan to rebuild. We had no plan. Which again, John, if you just don't say anything, we trade him out because we saw the value we couldn't pay him. We'd say it was a stupid trade, but instead he was always over the top, over the top. And then he would be like, oh, you know, Reggie did the second round swap. I, I didn't know. I said, John, you're lying. Why do you – to me, he lies, just blatantly lies. Like about – not about like draft picks and where – this is not – this is – yeah, we, we just were going to go in a different direction. It was too much money. That would have been a very normal response. Why, why can't he say that? Well, uh, to me, lying about draft picks or something is – like there's an angle on that, right? There's a benefit potentially to that. I don't – I'm I'm just kind of baffled by what the benefit here would be. Um, there is because there. the alternative is not that you rip the player. Just like you know, Jared was great for us, and and we're going to miss him. We've decided to you know allocate our money elsewhere, and and I wish him good luck. <laughs> like whatever. I, I I I don't I don't get it. I, I wouldn't you say that I don't that get it when it literally so- is the comment that happens to basically every player that moves teams that was a solid player. Like every GM says the same thing. Like yeah, we liked him. It just didn't work. And then the player goes, yeah, you know, I. most players go if they had a good experience. You know, I really like the guy. I get it. It's a business, right? It's a, it's the basic back and forth that happens with every transaction. I, I wanted to stay, but I knew that they weren't going to meet the number. No hard feelings. It's a business. We move on. And people might say, like, all right, guys, well, what's really the downside? I, ultimately, us thinking he's honest or not with the media doesn't matter like in the realm of what actually matters. But to me, where it potentially matters is with an owner. Now, not in this case, right? Not in this case. No. 
but with with your own players. Like that's the you, one area where it could potentially matter to me. It's just in your own locker room because last well, year that, was and weird. That, anyway. And that's my that's my knock on John is that his fraudulent comments get sniffed out by players. Again, I, I think they respect like. You have to make tough decisions, whatever. But when you blatantly lie about stuff, they sniff it out. They, they just do. They constantly do. And that's been a knock on John. And I didn't quite realize it until you experienced the Gruden experience, like kind of we have watching every press conference, looking at every quote. They think he's just – a lot of players think he's just kind of fake and he, and he backstabs you consistently. And again, this is a league where decisions that aren't really fair are consistently made and players – once you've been in the league a couple of years and you experience this with your teammates, you realize like you kind of get numb to it. But as long as you're open with me and just somewhat some, you know, uh, communication on what the standard is. But when you constantly do shit like he does, says one thing and then he does another, players start thinking like you're a fraud. And then here's the other thing. Someone tweeted this at me. The, the cook comment is almost like a cover your ass comment that we wanted him back. You know, we wanted his guy. So if he's really good for the Saints, like, yeah, we should. And then their tight end production goes down. It's just he never – and I've noticed this, and I, we both have, and we've talked about it a lot. He's not a big take responsibility guy. Like, that's – it's always kind of someone well, else's fault. Yeah, the ask, ask Reggie about that type thing, right? It, it, to me, that was just unneeded – it was just fucked up. Why is a guy that rich and that secure with a contract – that unable to make comments that would put some juice on him, some responsibility on him. Why would he care? And and I think a lot of his foreign players. That's just not him. That's not what he does. It's just in his DNA. He's he's finger pointer might be strong, but he ain't pointing the finger back at himself. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird like one. how long before something before him and Mayock have kind. Of, well, Mike wanted to do that. Well, that's happening, my, right? Is it happening? I mean, I, to me, no. I like, said that's happening, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. ha- like, <laughs> when is it happening? To me, it's a question. Not if, when. Are we talking like midway through Vegas? Does it? They're sneaky. When you don't do a rebuild and you do what they just did, there's now pressure on this season. Like you go six and ten, it'll be like God, because he's just not a good coach. Like, does that happen this year? Like, you know, I wasn't. Trent Brown was more Mayox, you know, one of those where he has a bad seat. You know, it's just – it's coming. I, I don't – maybe three years, maybe two, but it's coming. Because the one thing that's clear with just watching Mike, and everyone told me this that knew him really well, he is a no BS, no fluff. Like, he'll just say it like it is. Yeah, I fucked up. shouldn't have picked a guy. Like, he'd just do that. That's not John's deal. So if John does this – Refuse to take responsibility, even with the comment where he doesn't name Mike. Yeah, there's some other people in the building that kind of push for him where it's clear, like, okay, he's talking about Mike. I Mike ain't just gonna gonna bend over for it. Like they're gonna you're gonna get like Reggie. I think the one thing we we were saying the whole time, the most fucked up part about Reggie is he was like attacking a wounded gazelle and he was the Lion King. That it wasn't a fair fight. Reggie wasn't gonna like attack back. It was an easy it, – it was just fucked up that way. Where this – like this guy ain't going to – I'm not saying he's going to – like I, we always said, why doesn't Reggie leak something about John? Even – you could argue it's not the way to do business, but it got to the point where he was ruining the guy's name. Yeah, I mean ultimately I think the difference would be right. Mayock would, I think, just walk away 
if it's not a workable situation for him, as opposed to staying around and just doing whatever John needs. If Mayock, if they have a couple years where it's go six and ten and then that again, is Mayock going to be in it for the long haul with John? He's a I, I think he's, I think he's all in as long as it's a workable situation, right? Yeah. But that's yeah, he's not going to stick it out just because he wants the people on the outside to think that he's a GM of the team. If it's well, not he, working for him, he already told Peter King that like. You know, the way I had been raised and the way I'd already thought about league, like free agency wasn't really my deal. But as I talked with John, we realized we had so many holes. So they, you can tell they've already done things that probably aren't his philosophical, philosophical beliefs. And the biggest side, obviously, we probably won't know quite the dirt on it right away. But this draft, it's not like they got one pick guy. They got four fucking picks in the top 35. That's where it goes. Why are we not taking so-and-so and and John wants this guy? That's where you just don't have repair, and especially or vice versa, and the guy is not good. That's where— Well, and the other element there, right, is do you think, oh, I kind of like the guy, so John gets to make the pick, and that's cool, or do you think, no, we should not draft this player? Uh, All right, Middlecoff, we're going to talk about Gronk, but let's just just watch— Jordan Spieth with one foot in a lake on a stone, try to hit this ball out of the the thatch. I'm not. What I'm not sure what doing? this lake. This is the whatever like their Lake Havasu of Austin, Texas. Whatever this lake is. Oh, really? It's that big of a lake? Yeah, it's it's like the main lake. How come there's no or boats the, on it? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Maybe they. I don't know. Not bad. Did he keep it out of the sand? No, he didn't. Okay. He's he's been in a weird place. He just hasn't quite been the same. <laughs> it looks like he's right against the lip. I'm just happy he didn't end up breaking a foot or a wrist. Uh, all right, before we get to the WGC though, Gronk, John, if Gronk stays retired, I checked this the other day. We were talking about it. I think he'd be he would match Gail Sayers. Maybe someone's written about this, but Gail Sayers was 34 when he went into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Gronk is 29, so uh, there's a chance that he would match Gail Sayers as the youngest Hall of Famer. Is there any part of you that thinks, like, what percentage do you think we will see Gronk play in the NFL again? What's your percentage on that? I'd go 49.5. So almost 50-50. Yeah. That Gronk plays. Now, again, like, will I Will it only say- be for the Pats? Yes. I, because one, when you retire like him, they have his rights. They would never let him go. And I also think it's pretty clear that Gronk's only playing with Tom. They wouldn't trade him to the Niners for a fifth. No, that's not happening. And I would. Why would Gronk want to do that? Just loves Jimmy so much, John. That's what a Niner fan would tell you. Just Jimmy's yeah. so great. I think he's Tom's guy. Now I, I will say this: if we go this season and he does not play, my percentage drops precipitously. Like, every year we get away from this year. Like, to me, there's like a two-year window. I can see maybe a year off, comes back for one final run. Let's say the Pats get knocked out, you know, in the second round by the Chiefs, and they're like, we need you. He's like, I feel good. But I'd say once we get past 2000, so it's the 19th season. If we get past the 2020 season, I think it's zero. But I I would give a two-year window where it's definitely alive. So we got to think it's alive, right? Because his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, went on television and said it's alive. The day after Gronk said he was retiring, Rosenhaus said, you know, who's to say that Brady doesn't call him and say, Gronk, we need you. And he goes back for some games. What do you think is more likely? That 
the Patriots are seven and one, and they call Gronk and say, "Hey, we're good, but we just a little bit is what we need." Or the Patriots are four and four, and they call Gronk, and Gronk comes back. Now, forget about whether or not you think the Patriots will be four and four, but I'm just saying, what's more likely? The Pats call them when they're rolling. Or when they're not. Because to me, it's when I think it's if they're rolling. And they're like, you know, the margins are going to be thin. We don't need a lot from you, Gronk. But just the little bit that you can give us can give us another Super Bowl. To me, it wouldn't be record-wise. Because you think the Patriots in the last 20 years have ever been 4-4? No, but you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. To me, it's all about the offense. Like, if they look like their passing game was fucked and they had no tight end, I could see them like, hey, we'll throw you $9 bucks for this eight games. It's like, damn, seriously? It'd be one of those. More than, like the record, if the record was bad and it was because the defense was playing shitty but their offense was elite, it'd be more they just don't have a target, right? Let's say they go into this draft, they try to draft a tight end, they try to draft a receiver, and those two guys can't play. Now you would say, wouldn't you be shocked if they don't draft multiple skill guys in this draft with all these picks in the top three rounds? Yeah. So they probably come out with a tight end, they come out with a wide receiver, they're coming back. They still got an offensive line coming back. They got Sony Michelle, who's the kind of the breakout star of the playoffs. Edelman, not suspended this year. So they, they just need help on the outside. They just don't have wide receivers. I, wouldn't you be a little shocked if they don't take a wide receiver at 32? Or a tight end? Yeah, I, like I fully moving. expect them to go offensive skill guy there. Not running, but they just did running back early. Now the question would be, historically, he doesn't. He's missed you know, in the mid two thousand, he never did it again. Yeah, I mean, they I think I think he'd rather trade for a guy, and you know, we talk about this all the time. Like he'd rather trade pick thirty two for Odell Beckham, but that wasn't an option. Or you know, I guess Antonio released something on his podcast of a conversation he had. Like the Pacers were trying to get him. Like I, I, that's what he wants, but it just doesn't really. And I think the Niners are going through this now too. Like it's not really available. Well, I think if they do what we're talking about, which is if their skill guys are you are really young, then Gronk would become more valuable to them. Because it's hard with that offense. It's just hard for Tom. Yeah, like I mean, obviously, like you say, he's got jewels, but you can only throw it to him so many times. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I just mean, you know, they no, I, only, I know, I know. Do need some other? They don't have any other wide receivers now. They better than any team in the league, utilize throwing to running backs. But the time, I mean, Gronk, would you say the number, it was always Randy Moss. When you look at Randy Moss's run for the Patriots, like three and a half years. Like to me, Gronk will be his most synonymous right-hand man. There's no way it's Randy. Randy's not even second. I would say Gronk and Jules. Maybe Welker had a pretty good run. He's ahead of him too. Yeah, what Welker was... I think had like four seasons of 110 plus catches. So it, it could be, I mean, it's pretty, it, I would recommend when you do a list as fantasy draft, like Julian Edelman's going to have a hundred catches this season. Yeah. I mean, Edelman had, can you pull Edelman's up, five, you know, Edelman, or I mean, excuse me, Welker's five straight years with Tom, 112, 111, 123, 86, 122, then 118. I mean, guy fucking at, it probably goes Gronk, then Wes. You might be able to argue just on pure volume, Wes might be his most anonymous target. Yeah, so John, I've got the Patriots all-time leading receivers pulled up in front of me. Number one, 
The only guy in double figures, 10,352 receptions. Obviously, say it with me, Stanley Morgan. He was great. Number two, Gronk. Number three. How many many catches for Gronk? uh, I'm going by yardage, but catches were uh, 521. Okay. Uh, Wes Welker, up next in yards, third in catches, 672. You want to go catches or yards? You want to go catches? Yeah, because yards. Okay, I think it's a good. I'm with you. Number one is Wes Welker. Then number two is Troy Brown, who I would have said I have ahead of Randy in terms of just synonymity, synonymousness. Just with, with the Belichick Brady era. Yep. Stanley Morgan, Gronk. Would you say Troy Brown's a top five player in the Brady Belichick era when you factor in that targets? He Offense fucking played and defense? defense. Offense and defense player. Edelman, Edelman did too, didn't he? He played safety in a couple games. Yeah. Uh, Gronk. Edelman, Ben Coates, Kevin yeah. Falk. Let's not forget about Kevin Falk. I think it was more of the Dion, Dion Branch. Another guy. James White is... He's James, moving up the list. James White is uh, 11 catches behind Randy Moss. Well, that's getting shattered. He's definitely going to break the record for running back catches on the Patriots, right? If he, he already has it. Well, he's behind. Yeah, I mean, he's still he's about two hundred behind Kevin Falk still. Two hundred catches. Yeah. Okay, might be a little challenging. Because he's got whenever he's a free agent, they'll just let him go. You'd think. Don't forget sneaky David Patton, twenty ninth all time. Not a bad player, guy. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't shock me if he comes back. Not necessarily expecting it though. They have uh, T- Tony Romeo was a Patriot in the uh, early seventies. What do you think of Romo trying to oh, get no, 10 60s. million? Good you see for, that story? Yeah, good for Tony. Go get it. Like Tony became one of the biggest NFL stories of 2018. Now, I also think it's kind of funny, and it doesn't do it justice, when they go, he's trying to surpass what Madden got in 1993. Right. It's like, it's, the eight, it's like, oh, he's trying to surpass Madden's money, 8 million. You're like, oh, it's 2 million more. Yeah, 25 years ago. You have to put it in context. Like, it's insane. It, if if we're going inflation, everything he should be asking for like twenty. Well, what who was the what, what year was Matt? What did Madden get that deal? Well, whenever Fox got the lead, yeah. I'm just it saying like ninety three, ninety two. Who was the highest paid NFL player that year? I mean, John Madden. John maybe? Madden. So like, yeah. So in that context, if you what, just, what what was Emmitt Smith's holdout? Remember you told me it was like four I, years, twenty two million or three, something. I, no, I, was it that twelve? Much? I want to say I don't it was know. three years, twelve million. Madden was getting more than Emmitt, and Emmitt was like the MVP of the league. What was Reggie White's contract? Emmett got four years, 13.6. What would you guess Reggie White's contract it was? 24 million? Fuck, guys, you're way off. 17 million. Oh, wow. Reggie White agreed to a four year deal worth 17 million. So Reggie White, average per year, we're talking like 16.5. Two and a half. That was inflated, though, John. How much was really or guaranteed excuse at me, signing? 4.2.5. How much was guaranteed at signing? Well, they didn't talk about it like that back then. <laughs> uh, all right. Finally, the WGC. We're watching it. Thrilled that well, this is a Wednesday and this golf tournament's on, uh, which is great. Again, you're, you're right. I, I just The Madden money is, is out of context now. It's not... People should talk about it like it is. It'd be like Romo getting twenty nine million this year, twenty five, like like basically playing on the tag, the quarterback tag. Yeah. Who do you think is more famous, Madden or Romo? Given the times, 
just like right now, we did a survey of all of America. Who would more people know? Well, if, if you could retroactively go back to like 93 oh, and right Madden. now Rumble. Madden. Yeah, bigger deal. Yeah. Because A, the video game, and B, less channels, just more like he was just more into uh, like the, the individual personalities were bigger just because there weren't as many of them. There weren't yeah. all these, you know. Video much... game, I, I don't know what year it started, but I mean, we're talking 93. It hadn't been out that long. Oh, well, yeah. In 1993, I see what you're saying. I would just yeah. say Madden's peak far exceeds Romo's at this well, point in time. You could probably argue it's going to be borderline impossible for Romo to ever supplant Madden just from the fact that, again, the video game was a game changer. And at the end of the day, you just look at Madden's resume. He's arguably one of the best analysts of all time, any sport. Right. Super Bowl champion coach. Right. Probably the most historical, you know, sport video game ever. Would you say? Is that fair? Do you count Mario Kart? But yes. I, yeah, agree. I don't count Mario Kart. What would you, what would even be two it's in the ra- video it's game? racing. Um, NBA Jam? FIFA? Yeah, something like that. Maybe FIFA, yeah. Madden D- to me is just Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. That's a sport. No, it wasn't bad. Think about nothing is really like here we are in, in in this day and age, and you got like headsets with remotes and stuff. There was a game in 1992 where you could point a gun at the screen and it worked. Like you just pointed at the screen. Well, I mean, did you own Duck Hunt? Well, no, I didn't have a game system until uh, like 1999 or no, like 2001. A little behind might, the Averman house. Might have been a point of contention in the Averman house. But I just went to AJ Riding's house and he had all the games. But that was many years later. Early on, I went to uh, Justin Gorell's house. In, that was in 1992, 93. He had Duck Hunt. I'll tell you this about AJ. Every console known to man back oh, in the day, yeah. the junior high. I mean, there wasn't a console he did not have or no. a game. And after that, AJ's involved video games and Napster, downloading not just music. Yeah. Remember, uh, the Metallica drummer did not like that. No. And then LimeWire. Actually, AJ had some stuff that wasn't even Napster. Like, he was off the grid, like Dark I was I was always more of a LimeWire guy than a Napster guy, but Napster... But LimeWire was more like, oh, like, I remember in college, yeah, everybody later, just... Yeah. The college Wi-Fi was just – actually, it wasn't Wi-Fi. It was Ethernet into my Dell Inspiron 5100 was just nonstop LimeWire downloads. Is it – it's like, Dad, which I no longer the have. phone to cut me out. Yeah. Remember, the Napster guy in Facebook, the movie, was Justin Timberlake, right? Have you seen that? The Napster guy was Timberlake? I don't remember that. You see Facebook, the movie? Because the Napster guy yeah, was one of the long. original investors into Facebook because he had a bunch of money. Fucking nailed it. Then they kicked him out. I think it was Timberlake. All right, now we'll get to the WGC. Uh, MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM, numeral one, 50% off your first deposit. Uh, so the format is different. It is group, there's, there's pods, group pods. Yeah. Four pods, I mean, yeah, 16 pods of four. They'll get down to the uh, final 16, the individual pod winners on Saturday. Then Sunday is the semifinals. And then the finals, I think I said that right. Well, they so they must play two rounds, semifinal, quarterfinals. So sweet six, so you're the sixteen. Sweet sixteen goes to the elite eight, and then you got the elite eight. So they might do the sweet sixteen, the elite eight on Saturday, and then two on. That's a lot of golf. Yeah, that's that's a ton, and that's why, like, I think if Tiger finds a way, I said win this thing. I think you're probably right when we we're talking about this. You're like, forget win it. Just if he's in this thing on. 
Hell, if he's in it on Saturday, I'll be pretty impressed. Well, I mean, he was the pretty heavy favorite, having been someone that gambled on his pod. His pod has Aaron Wise, 22-year-old Rookie of the Year. Yep. Uh, Patrick Cantlay and so and one other guy. That's three Pac-12 guys so far. Yeah, I, I, his pod is not great. Who's the other guy? I had the bracket here. Hold on. To, to me, it's going to be more like if he he because he should get to Saturday. He's been one of the best players on tour this year. If he wins a match on Saturday, because more than likely, like on Saturday, you get John Rahm, Jordan Spieth. Brant Snedeker. Brant Snedeker. You get, uh, you get Justin Thomas. Like, whoever you get in the Sweet 16 is more than likely going to be a really good player. If he wins one match on Saturday, to me, you're in pretty good shape. He, he had a pretty good quote that was like his dad taught him, and he used to be, I mean, at one point in time, he was the best match play player ever. He won three straight junior amateurs. Three straight amateurs, all match play. In match play, unlike the field, like you don't worry about who cares if Phil Mickelson's going low if he's not in your match. Like it's just you against one other guy. You basically play 18 individual rounds because every hole is its own deal. And he's like, I haven't played. First off, he didn't play in this event because he never qualified for it the last couple of years because he was always hurt. And this pot thing's a little different. Like you don't losing a round doesn't kill you as long as you win the other two. It's like. You know, in World Cup, now it's a little different because two of the four always advance in the World Cup, right? Uh, in a pod? I think so, yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, halves or ties, because they don't do penalty kicks in that first round robin. You can just tie. U.S. is always so excited when they tie because get, you get a point. Where in golf, in this, it used to just be you're fucking, you have a bad day, you're out. So I remember I, what I, I think it's genius for the TV product. Like this is whoever had this idea is smart. I remember in uh, uh, the year that that LeBron did um, my decision. The decision was at the same time as the World Cup because I was in Philly visiting you, and I saw this sign like outside a bar, like World Cup watch or something. And I was like, all right, it's gonna be awesome. And then there, nobody was really that into it. Yeah, it's, it's a little before its time. Um, so I'm so the quarterfinal. So obviously, Sweet 16 and Elite Eight on Saturday, Final Four, and the title is Sunday. To me, he anything less than winning his pod would be a major disappointment. As I look up, he's one up on Aaron Wise right now. He's just he should kick this kid's ass. He just knocked it about I don't know 25. Oh, not great. One up, John. I mean, with how many? He, that, hmm. But that's the thing with match play. Like you can have some bad holes, lose a couple. Is, he sh- he should win the pod. I'm just saying I one think, up to me like that means they're playing 17th if he doesn't stretch that out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but I mean in this level to me it's hard to like go 4 and 5. You well, know, I not mean Mo- Fr- Francesco Molinari went 5 and 4. Yeah, but again, like this guy rookie like he's playing a good player. I know, I'm just saying like if 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 I know that Tiger might is going to have to play semi like Sweet 16, what? Elite 8, semifinals and finals in 2 days, like I need him to conserve some energy here. I I think anything past the Sweet 16 for him is a success. So, if he's so that means Saturday he, like into the afternoon evening. He beats cuz if you get to the Sweet 16, more than likely you're going to get some big names, right? Well, Just, I can tell you his bracket. So like Tiger would play the winner of McElroy uh, who's Fitzpatrick, Harding, yeah, Matt McElroy is the heavy. He's the heavy favorite in that bracket. Who's Fitzpatrick, Harding, and List? I don't even know who these. It's it's Ryan's cousin, and I don't know the other guy. Tanya's brother. <laughs> yeah, and L List. That sounds like so. A yeah, again, like so that. That's what I'm saying. He's gonna play like Rory or Dustin. 
So if he were to win one of those, if I tell you, hey, hey guys, Saturday, Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, I got Rory Tiger. Do you think M. Fitzpatrick is Minka? Would he play? Would he play uh, Minka's brother-in-law? Would you, or brother? Matthew. Would you? Would you? Uh, would Tiger play Rory? Is that the matchup? Yeah. So Tiger would play Rory. The winner of that one would play the winner of Justin Thomas, Keegan Bradley, uh, Mike Wallace, and uh, that's Berger guard. The winner of that pod plays the winner of Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, Stenson, and Furick. So those two play. That would be the five twelve. And then the winner of Tiger Rory would play the winner of the the Day Mickelson Stenson Furick Thomas Keegan Bradley group. Could Keegan uh, and Tiger would be cool if Keegan made it that far? To me, the Rory Tiger would be pretty sweet. That'd be a pretty good Saturday morning. Well, like a Justin Thomas Phil Mickelson second round matchup would be great. I don't know if Phil's winning that pod. Yeah. Well, okay, Jason Day and Phil. Yeah, Jason was the heavy favorite. Sorry, Jason Day and Justin Thomas. That's pretty good. So if I tell you that the Sweet 16 is Rory Tiger to meet Justin Thomas, Jason Day, I guess pretty sweet. Right. If Tiger, if if I can get two rounds out of Tiger, we're in pretty good shape. And then what if the Elite Eight is Dustin Johnson? Like it could be Dustin Johnson, uh, Rom, Rom, yeah, Justin Thomas, Tiger. That could be one side of the bracket. Then the other side of the bracket could be it ain't um, Jordan. <laughs> no, but let's say Bubba. Uh, Billy Horschel is kicking Jordan's ass. Yeah, Billy's just I like Billy. I've no, become Billy. a big fan of Billy Horschel last year. How, how, how tall do you think? Is he shorter? Billy, I mean, five, he's, five nine, one sixty. Um, no, I'd give him five ten, five eleven. But yeah, just just model waist size. What do you think? What was Bubba's body type like? You you eyeball him. I don't think I saw Bubba in person. He's tall. You see DJ in person? DJ, yeah. Massive. Big. Uh. Uh. DeChambeau just big. Yeah. If you if you just walk by DeChambeau Tiger, on the street big. and said like that guy was a that guy was a Division One football player, would you believe it? Yeah. Like a backup tight end. Maybe not a backup. I mean, but, it depends. He's playing at Cal Poly or you know USC. Yeah, you say UC Davis defensive. I had twelve sacks for UC Davis last year. Yeah, he he thought like he thought his pro FCS All American. Yeah, he thought his pro day would matter, even though the scouts thought he was a scrub. Uh, so what are the just let's run through some uh, my bookie WGC odds here real quick. Well, I, I got Tiger to win his pod at plus one thirty five. Okay. Uh, that's a good I bet. got. I think that's a really good bet. I, I thought it was the bet of the day, uh, the only bet that I felt confident about. I took Patrick Reed, who I just read on Golf Digest before I placed the bet, has gone through a swing coach change and is up in the air. But the other three guys are in shambles, so I feel pretty good about that. Uh, let's see if I can open my bet my account. Okay, I got it open now, and I took. The Kucher grouping is Rom, Kuch. To me, that was a little bit of a flyer. I felt good about Reed. I felt great about Tiger. And Kucher was just, he's played historically really well in match play. And I just think he's kind of slow and steady. Like the one knock right on John Rom is he's a head case. 
So you just, I kind of just bet on the slow and steady horse to win that race with the pod system. I, I would not have felt as good on Kucher if it was the he just played Rom straight up because of the pod system. I just think his his you know mental makeup is kind of made for this. He was in the finals. Well, Rom I think was in the fi- Rom's good. I mean, I'm just I'm betting against a blue chipper here. Uh, but just if you pull up the round matchups, the group betting. The group betting. That's something different. The PGA round matchups. This is something different. Where's the WGC? They already yanked it off the board because they already started. But I know this. That to me, the most interesting thing, guy. What's our date today? Uh, March 27th. The the Masters is fucking April 11th. I mean, we're, we're two weeks away from the Masters. So, I think the interesting thing, if Tiger plays really well, let's say Tiger somehow gets in the final four. Like, so wins his pod, which, again, heavy favorite, he should win the pod. He wins two matches over the weekend, meaning he probably beats a Rory and, like, a Justin or a Jason, like, someone really good. His odds right now are 14-1 to 1 to win the Masters. I, I, I think he'd be one of the heavy favorites heading into the Masters. He plays well in this. Yeah. Because that would mean he's playing the best and he's going up against the best. To me, that's where, like, Justin Johnson right now is the heavy favorite to win the Masters relative to the rest of the field at 900. If Dustin wins this, that 9-1, to one, uh, what does he go down to, like, 5-1? to one? Yeah. Because remember a couple years ago when he was playing great and then Paulina push him or did he trip? No one quite knows. He fell down the stairs. And remember he had to withdraw, but he was the – like, he had been playing – he had been dominating. And it was like, oh, Dustin's going to crush the Masters. And then Tuesday, he falls down the stairs, which still one of the sketchier injuries, I think, in recent memory in just sports. Would you agree, given his history? Yes. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't – it didn't quite add up. Uh, fall down the stairs. Now, he had a pretty good – it was wood stairs. He had socks on. He rented – it's not his house, but still, I, I'm going to throw a red flag on that one. But to me, he's got, I guess, actually Rory right now is the favorite for my bookie. Plus, he's 7.5 to 1 and Dustin's 9 to 1. If one of those two guys were to win this, their odds probably get cut by a third. If Tiger just plays well, I kind of feel like his odds would go down a little too. I I think if Tiger's playing Saturday night, I would expect those odds to have changed. To be almost 14 14 to 1 right now. Couldn't you see like 10 to 1 by the time? Uh, that to me, ten to one would be the longest. Because you know, with him, it doesn't like he doesn't have to win. It's just got to be a lot of eyeballs watching him play well. So when you I'll close play. your eyes, do you envision? I mean, truly envision Tiger in the mix on Sunday in two weeks. Like Tiger's one down, or no. you know, I don't either. It's too good to be true. I envision him in the mix on Saturday, at like one when he's through eight holes. Well, do you know what I envision? Like. Friday afternoon, like, holy fuck, Tiger's in the lead. Like, this is – and then just kind of gets off to a weird start on Saturday, and it's not in the lead, but he's still relevant. But then – Like, I think he's going to be relevant. I just don't – I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, he's 10 back opening Sunday, and he finishes, like, 7 back or 6 back. He's in but the at one 10. point in time, he's 4 back, and he's got an eagle putt, and then he 3 putts, and then the, the leader birdies, and there's, like, a huge swing. So it's the British, then. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to – it'd be pretty special if he uh, – 
That's the week. That's the master starts the week after the national, the week of the national championship. Yeah, because that's always Jim's deal. You know, he calls the he calls the national championship on Monday, and then he's doing the Masters by Thursday. Incredible! It's his it's his week. I got him the Nance. He goes. He'll give his tie to Zion. The Nance two step. Hopefully, he doesn't give it to Zion. Hopefully, he gives it to a dude on Tennessee or Kentucky, and then he's doing the Masters. I, the Masters Thursday and Friday. Well, it's not. I guess all day because the coverage always starts. Late. But once ESPN starts playing it about noon, is always a pretty sweet day. And again, we're, I mean, it's right around the corner, guy. This is a pretty solid couple weeks of sports here. We got the draft less than a month away. We got Final Open, Four, Sweet Sixteen, Opening Day. We got Phil. Oh, the Phil! Way. I just, I knew, uh, yeah, Phil. I you almost are. put some money down because he was a heavy underdog in his pot. I'm like, ah, it's just the odds are too good. But I, I, I had to call in to get approved to invest more. Because I had maxed out my max amount after last week, which is a good thing. Uh, well, luckily, I couldn't make that bet. I'll tell you this, John. If I'm going to trust, when, and then when I tried to do it, he had already teed off. If I think Vegas has got a good beat on any golfer, it's Phil. I agree. You know what I mean? Like if Phil's an underdog, I'm just going to stay away from that one and believe that they know he's an underdog. He was a pretty heavy underdog though against the the one on one versus Tiger, and he pulled it off. Yeah, they did like 19 chips at the end of that thing. <laughs> yeah, well, they faked a hole. Because oh, yeah, was... Phil did Phil did not want to win it that way. Phil kind of won it twice, huh? That's right. And it was pretty clear. I don't know if either of them had took it, taken it that seriously. It was just a complete money grab for both of them, which, again, they didn't they re-sign? Like, it's going to happen like the next three years. It's like, is it really easy for us two to make this much money just to play 18 holes? I could see Tiger trying a little harder this year and wanting to win. Like, he ain't losing back-to-back years to Phil, is he? Uh, or is he I, still- I don't know if he has that superpower. I feel like that's... But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if he prepared as hard as he normally would for something last year. Where I think this year he's got a little more pride. But Maybe. really, what does that even mean to him? I don't Yeah. I'm not convinced the result would be different if we did it again. My question is, because the winner got ten million, right, yeah. and the loser got a million. Did they guarantee Tiger a little more than that just to get him to do it? I think Tiger. I think the just the idea of being the centerpiece of the sport it probably should appeal to him and does appeal to him. Like I think that's part of what that event's about. Is like you're still our star, Tiger. Are you expecting like? Uh... In Major League Baseball, or excuse me, in the NFL, they just did rule changes. Them doing some just wrinkles this year. Like, damn, Jordan Reed and Justin Spieth are teeing off first? Just something to, like, make it a little more compelling? Wait, say that again? Justin Spieth and Jordan Reed? Yeah, just, you know how they hate each other? Oh. (laughs) Just to, like, add some. Because it kind of got, I mean, there's only two guys playing golf. There's only so much action. You get a little more action. You get a little more hate. Isn't Patrick, or excuse me, Patrick Reed, isn't Patrick boys with Tiger and you put Jordan with Phil and just get a little, you know, contentious? I don't know. You're talking about at Augusta? No, I'm talking at in Vegas when they do the pay-per-view. Oh, you think they're doing it again? Well, they they signed, that's what I'm saying. They signed a three-year extension. Oh, I missed that part of this. Yeah, because they made so much goddamn money. I think even Tiger realized, like, this is so easy. (laughs) Yes, then yes, I think they need to add, I think they need to add somebody else. Maybe like Ricky and Jordan. Just mix to me, it up. To me, you got to add probably Patrick Reed because you do need a villain. 
Because Tiger is the dick, but he's the hero also. So you need someone that no one likes. And feels a little too loosey-goosey. Again, I you know, is Phil having to make enormous payments to uh did you see Dr. Dre? No. His his daughter got into USC. When? Like a couple weeks ago. Like right now is the time, okay. I guess, when people get into school. Post post scandal. Post scandal, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, the scandal came out. Maybe at the, at the same time admissions were going through for just kids all over the country. Because I heard Chris Russo talking about it the other day. His his daughter got denied from USC and she was devastated. He's like, you don't think I'll make some calls? I will make some calls if I have to. But Dr. Dre's deal is his daughter got into USC and he took an Instagram. I forget the exact headline, but basically like, we didn't pay for shit to get her in. Like she got in on her own merit. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, Dr. Dre, we saw the fucking documentary. You and Jimmy... Gave seventy million to SC, like that counts, buddy. Yeah, you, you did might have done it legally, but that matters. Like usually, when you invest that much money into school, your kid gets in. I guess he deleted the post. Like again, like I think Dr. Dre's heart was in the like he was proud of his daughter. Like, I didn't even yeah. pay. Well, you kind of did indirectly five years ago. Do you think that's? Did he, should he have taken that post down once he kind of got exposed for the – again, not exposed. We all watched the documentary. It's one of the more popular documentaries it feels like of the last decade. I, I would say should he – did he I, – I think just to take the heat off, just for his daughter's own – you know what I mean? Like I don't – I think that's why probably – Yeah, he didn't yeah. need to do it for us. But um, by the way, here's a little recommendation for you. Did you read the Chris Humphreys uh, Players Tribune article? No. It's really good. I read it Tuesday night. It must have posted Tuesday or something. But but basically, he write, I, I didn't know he was like a world-class swimmer as a kid. Like, he, he writes like he was beating Ryan Lochte and Michael Phelps. Like, he was an elite-level athlete. Then he becomes a basketball player. He said, all I ever wanted was to be a good basketball player. I never I never wanted to be that guy. Like, me and Kim, like, I thought that was a real marriage. Like, I was naive. And then, like, it just it became a thing where, like, he's that guy and he hates it. I think it's kind of why he wrote it. He's like, I don't want to be that guy who was like, I don't, I'm not a joke. Like, Wait, I wasn't he, fucking he, around. He thinks that she faked the marriage? Well, no, he doesn't say that. He's just saying, like, I people talk to me like I was part of some, like, sham, like, attention grab. And that's that's not what I was doing. Like, I I was naive. I didn't realize how much attention we were getting. I, I thought it was a real, you know, just like the whole deal. He doesn't really address what she thought. But he's actually pretty funny in it because he just writes like some stuff about Dirk and like what a good worker Dirk was and how like is he is he in the NBA right now? No, he's retired. Um, Thirteen years though, sneaky. But one of the things was like at one practice, like him and Dirk are laughing, they're fucking around, and Rick Carlisle like yells at him like, "Hey man, like you don't get to joke around. Like Dirk gets to joke around. You don't get the jerk. You don't get to joke around with Dirk. Like you just have to shut up and practice." And it was like a big moment. For, it just kind of he realized like like his role was different than Dirk's role, you know? Because he got, I guess he got to Dallas and he told him like, "No one's gonna outwork me here." And one of the guys was like, "Oh, really? Okay, we'll see." And sure enough, like Dirk just outworked everybody. Dirk was there two hours before the hardworking guys. It's a good article though. I recommend it. Might have to check that out. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the recommendation. On that. Adios. Note. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.